0: Well good morning everybody, how we doing? My name is Chris Pleckenpool, I'm the lead pastor at Wells Branch Community Church. So welcome if you're watching online or if you are here in the building with us. I am so glad that you are here. One of the things that we love to do as a church is ask questions. It's kind of one of the ways you keep me accountable here so I don't say anything too crazy. But on Pastor Plex podcast, that's me, Pastor Plex, we talk faith, culture, and everything in between. So if you have a question about the sermon or the thing I'm about to this talk that lasts for about 35-40 minutes, uh, I would love for you to engage us here. Text that and I'll answer those questions Tuesday Tuesday through Thursday on Pastor Plex podcast podcast. So we love questions. There's nothing out of bounds. Anything you want to talk about, we're ready to talk. All right. We are in a series called Community, and we really put the, em- the emphasis or the emphasis on the right syllable, which is unity. All right. So we want community, and what our heart is is that we would understand what that means. And what we've talked about is that uh, Pastor Joseph, when on that first week, we talked about how community has been Broken ever since the sons of Korah rebelled against M- Moses. You guys remember this? There's Korah. He's like, we got the same spirit of God. You got what makes you guys any? Why are we doing this? You know, this dealing with this patriarchy of you guys being in power and y'all. It's this hierarchy of you know paternalism and blah blah blah. And so they kind of have the same issues that we have today. They had back you know four thousand plus years ago. And so there we are. And so what they what God did is he. It was an awkward moment. His wrath came out, swallowed up Korah and his friends. And that was a weird day. And then the plague broke out among the people because they're like, you killed everybody, Moses. And God's like, no, that was me. And here's a plague. And so what we saw was is that, is that there is this tendency in us to say, I don't want to submit to nobody. I'm my own person. And community is very awkward because it's like the social contract where we all get along and hang out with one another. And then what happened is, we talked about this last week, that even the church, after Jesus has died on the cross for our sins, risen from the dead, the church, the other church, everyone always, always like say, we need to go back to New Testament church. Well, the first New Testament book that we have is the book of James. And apparently they had issues too. In fact, James in chapter four, he writes, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Because it was just like modern day church. And uh, isn't it not the passions that war within you and you ask, you don't have because you don't ask God, but when you do ask, you don't get because you, you ask with wrong motives that you could spend what you get on your pleasure. And so that's what we saw the second week is that there's got to be this something where we overcome passion. And then the next week we talked about uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 through 12, where we watched Paul have in the New Testament church kind of having like, hey, Church of Corinth, you've sort of said, I don't want to listen to you and your word, Paul, because what do you know? We like these other guys the super apostles they're way better and so we'll listen to them and they may not have talked to Jesus really think the resurrection of Jesus has that big of a deal but what matters to us is that we get people around us that like us and your word's always so convicting and then last week we talked about Jesus prayer we looked at how Jesus prayed he gave the ultimate prayer for healthy community and healthy community always results in evangelism just sort of weird to think about that people want to come in to where we are. And then also results in you feeling the presence and power and the love of God. Amen. And everybody in the building, we said this last week, everybody in the building needs to feel to know that they're loved. And that's what we talked about last week. And so this week, I wanted to get to this place because, you know, as Jesus calls it, he wants us to live it out. And Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to see that. But um, I, I, I want us to... Um, look at some because I've sort of gleaned uh, really three things from all of this, what I've sort of seen, is that there's three things that make up the Christian community. It's God's word, God's people, and God's spirit. And I was like, if you have less than all three, you have something, but you don't have the church. Okay? And so I, I, I have some living props. Is, is it okay to use living props? Um, Alright, so um, come on up, my, my first cheer squad. Come on up, cheer squad. When you don't, don't live in unity... <laughs> <laughs> we resist God's word, and what you get at best is a trusty cheer squad. You know, and this, this cheer squad, you know what they're really great at doing? Telling me how great I am. In other words, in other words, they can tell me that it's all about me. Number one. Number one. And so what happens is they, they, can get, they can wrap their head around. Okay, guys, I got it. I got it for a second. Help me out. They can't even hear what I'm saying. All right. So what happens is they get all about me, and they want to support me. And they say stuff like, you deserve to be happy. Yeah. You deserve it. You shouldn't be with him. You shouldn't be with her. Don't you know what you deserve? You should be you. And I want you to listen. If anyone, listen, you need a day for you. All this serving other people, that's for other people, but not for you. You need a you day. All right. And so what happens is when they they start, instead of pointing up at Jesus, they start pointing at me and I'm like, yeah, my cheer squad. They're my emotional support. I I need them to remind me how awesome I am. Okay. You with me? So this is what happens when you eliminate God's word. And we live in a, a world of cultural relativism where everyone says, you be you. All right. Thanks guys down the front. You're over here, over here. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Cheer squad. That was very energetic. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. What happens then? We don't live in unity when we resist God's people. And what happens? We become the Christian tourists. All right. So Caleb's going to be my awesome Christian tourist. See, Christian tourists are awesome. They love to go to conferences. They love to uh, experience church from afar. Okay. Do you, guys, you know what I love about the, this? is I, Did anybody do pub crawls back in the day? Last night? Okay, um, don't raise your hand. Oh, that's so weird. All right, uh. Uh, But when I was in my 20s, I did church crawls, okay? So um, I lived in Dallas. So if I could go to the very north in Frisco where Chuck Swindoll would preach, I'd go to him for the early service. Like they had a, you know, old people's like 7 a.m. service or something. And then I'd go down to uh, the next church on the way south was Matt Chandler's church, the village. And I'd hit there like, you know, 9 a.m. service. And then I'd go down uh, to uh, Todd Wagner's service at Watermark in North Dallas. And then I'd hit Ed Young's church in downtown Dallas. And then I'd make my way to Oak Cliff because they were still doing church around two and uh, I would do Tony Evans, his church and it was awesome, all right? So you want to talk about glorious day of getting fed by the word on a Sunday. Nobody knew me. Especially if you sit front row. So my front row heroes, nobody's going to talk to you because they assume you're already good. (laughs) that's why nobody talks to you. It's not, it's not, it's not because you smell weird, Katie. It's just you're in the front row. They're just like, oh, she must already be involved. Okay. So what happens is, is that, that's sort of what what we do. And what happens if you can do church from afar, nobody has to know. You can Instagram about it. You can post on all of your social media, how holy and Christian you are. And everybody assumes you're good. So I'm good. You're good. Show up, shut up, pay up. Everybody's good, right? That's sort of how a lot of us have viewed church for a long time. And we, as we, especially men, as we get older, and more and more women are experiencing this, is life gets lonely. And what happens is you don't have any real friends. You don't have anybody that's going to call you at 2 a.m. that says, hey, I need help. And you don't have anybody you can call at 2 a.m. when the bottom falls out of your life. And so uh, we just live in our life on our phone, living our life. Uh, in ourselves, in our isolation. And so what I want for you is something better than that. Thanks, Caleb, right over here in the middle. And we don't live in union when we resist God's spirit. Um, what I mean by that with God's spirit is, well, we become the Christian clique. We have our circle and it's small. <laughs> we, and we don't want anyone else in our circle, right? Because we got to keep the world out. You know, the world is a very dangerous place. And we got to make sure that nobody gets too close, right? Because one, they might influence in here. And so we got to circle the wagons, weapons out. All right, I don't know if you guys ever did this in the military. Where are my military people? All right, one of the tricks they taught us early days of, of the war in Iraq, which is looking back, it was the dumbest strategy. It was like, you'd have, it was called, you wanted to look like um, a porcupine. It was called, do the porcupine. You'd stick your weapons outside the window, which as if the enemy is going to be like, oh, I'm right over here. Shoot me. Uh, Anyway, so we'd stick our weapons out the, out the windows to look scary. That was literally the job. All right. So that way the enemy would be afraid to come near us. And what happens, what happens when, when we kind of do the Christian click, when we create our circle, we make it really small and we keep the bad people out, we got weapons oriented toward the enemy. And our battle, if you guys didn't know this, isn't against flesh and blood. It's against the spiritual forces of darkness in this present age. And so what can happen is we look at all the weird people and all the people that didn't vote like us and all the people that didn't you know, act like us and all the people that all the people and we go, I don't want them near me in my church. And what we do is we say, Holy Spirit, you are a great thing to read about. Just, just don't get too close. Because if I have to go and talk to those people, if I have to get outside my my comfort zone, if I have to go and... I might get influenced by them, and you're not that powerful to keep evil at bay. Do you see that? And so this is what I want us to see, is that what happens when we kind of go the Christian click route, we miss out on what God has for us. So this morning, I want to read God's word in Acts chapter 2. Okay, So um, we're going to pray, and as we pray, I want you to allow God to open up your heart and open your mind as we proclaim and hear and respond to God's word God thank you so much for your word thank you so much for your grace thank you so much Jesus that you're doing something really unique and powerful and God I pray that this morning we would see your goodness in the land of the living Uh, Jesus we've been watching you from some of us from afar watching your church work, and I pray that you would help us to overcome uh, the sense of Christian tourism. I pray that you help us overcome this desire to to get us what we most deserve, our own happiness, and building fan clubs around ourselves that we just sort of fall into a moral relativism. And Lord, some of us have just kind of gone the opposite route, and we're just going to circle the wagons and keep our circle small, and we're just going to kind of battle anything that looks scary. As opposed to trusting and relying on your Holy Spirit. So, God, I, I pray that as we read your word, you would convict us and then we would watch you work, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said. All right, so what we're going to do is this is like if you were ever to go to any church and they say, Tell me about what community is supposed to look like. This is the New Testament passage that everybody points to for good reason, because it's awesome. This is exactly what it is. So I'm going to read this to you guys, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. It's on page 911 the Bibles that are somewhere in your vicinity. So if you don't have a Bible, this is our gift to you. Um, And if you do have one, you're just borrowing ours, then put it back when you found it. All right, you guys ready? Acts 2, 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came on and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. If you only have two, then you probably don't actually have God's word or God's people because God's word and God's people always point to God's spirit, and God's spirit and God's word always points to God's people, and God's God's people and God's spirit always point to God's word. That's the way this works. So here we go. I want you to look at this. Acts 2, 42, look at this. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now, what's unique about this era of church history is they were writing the Bible as they were going. It's kind of like, you know, building a plane as you fly it. They They were preaching God's word. And as they were telling stories about Jesus and what he did, you know, you had guys writing it down and it, you know, didn't get into publication until like several years later, but they were proclaiming it. And these guys had seen Jesus raised from the dead. They'd experienced his teaching in life and they were able to illuminate the Old Testament to make it come to life. And so what can happen? You know, this is where we say like, God's word is vital for restored community. And the reason why I think sometimes we, we get away from that is because there's this desire in me for everyone to like me and to, for me to be able to do what I want to do, not point up at Jesus, but point at me. And we live in a world of cultural relativism, right? This, and so when we talk about Christian sex ethic, it makes people nervous. You're like, Chris, please, don't you understand? We're in Austin, Texas. It's kind of taboo to talk about Christian sex ethic here, to talk about what men and women are. we have this thing, where, like, we're so afraid to go to this word when it has literally the answers for life, salvation, and everything, and what can happen is we get nervous. Because this this book is banned in 51 countries. It's illegal. Because it's got power. There's power here. And I think for a lot of us, we've forgotten that kind of power. And and so people are like, well, Chris, I, I get it, but Listen, you don't understand. I'm busy. I, I always love that because I know we're all busy. I'm I'm busy. You're busy. We're all busy. We're all busy people. And one of the things that, um, especially having four children, small children who you know sleep is not their friend. Um, there has to be a point where I get in front of God's word because this, this is devotion. Do you guys, do you guys know what I'm talking about by devotion? They, they have devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. So what does that look like for me personally? And you're like, well, Chris, you're a pastor. So that doesn't count. No, no. I'm a normal guy who has normal, like work hour things and normal, like non pastory things. Okay. And remember men, you are the pastors of your family. If you're not reading this, who else is? You go, who are you going to leave that to? And so what happens, so for me, I, as, as a not only a pastor of a church, but a pastor of my family, I've got to get before God, and, and can I just, I'm just going to tell you what I do. This is the way I've shown my personal devotion, and I actually look forward to it, and I'll get up at 5, between 5 and 5.30 every day, And because I've got to beat Titus, because Titus is like, you know, a word for like the quickest up kid, and... Um, He'll catch me almost every morning on my knees before God or having the word open. And there's one thing I want to be caught doing is being in his word. And so what I've, what I've done, I've got, you'll see I have four Bibles here and this is the one, uh, this was Austin, Jet, uh, that's Titus and Pax. I haven't gotten to these two yet, but so it takes about three years if you go one chapter a day, three years to go through the Bible. And so this is Austin's, I've already made it through this one and it's a lot of writing on a lot of pages, and it's a lot of saying, "I want you, Jesus, to be here." So I hope one day when he sees his dad, what does my dad do at this time? I know he saw it, and then one day when he's old enough to really understand the value of this i 'm going to give it to him i'm working on jets, and when the, I always try and keep these little cover thingies because uh, Jets is sort of falling apart uh, here, and I need to get like rebound. Um, but when you spend time, I'm, I'm about day 185 or so. On, on So I'm now in 2 Samuel chapter 11, which is David and Bathsheba. That was this morning, so that was an exciting thing to read. Uh, but what happens is, is th- this is where the power comes. It, if you don't have any conviction of God's word in your life because you don't know God's word because it's not important to you, what, what is more important? Tell me, what's more important than this? Unless you'd say, Chris... I have, I'm have, i busy and I have obligations, I have things. I said, more busy than knowing what the God of the universe has said to you. And that's when you say, well, I'm actually a Christian atheist. I like saying Christian things. I like saying Christianese and stuff I've heard. But to really be a Christian, to act like a Christian, I just don't have time for that. So I'm gonna outsource that to somebody else. You, pastor, you can pray for me. Thank you very much. And so my heart for you is you would see personal devotion to so the apostles teaching is something that all of us are called to or else just stop stealing the label and this is where this is what makes our church unique maybe not that unique but there's plenty of churches like church but in our community groups we gather around God's word because we need to understand it corporately in small group setting. That's why it's so neat that they they gathered together for the apostles' teaching. And so you're gathering around this word and you're saying how can this influence and impact my life? And if you don't have that, you'll, the culture will cry out to you. You deserve better. You can't listen don't confront sin. Don't repent. You be you to the best of your ability. It's all about you. Okay. Is that too personal? Keep moving. I know. All right. All right. Keep going. Back to 242. So, and they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. And the fellowship, a good way to put this is um, from the Greek would be like um, fates intertwined. When you're in the fellowship, it's not just like we're hanging out eating together. It means my life is in your hands and your life is in my hands. Fates intertwined. The breaking of bread and the prayers and all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. They had all things in common. Imagine being in a place where everything was in common. And some of you are like, Chris, are you saying communism? No, there's no gun at anyone's head forcing them to have all things in common. It is the Holy Spirit of God convicting them from God's word saying, you have all things in common. And day by day, attending the temple together, going to church, and then eating at people's houses. It's so like church on Sunday, community group with a meal. They receive their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Okay, watch. God's people are vital for restored community, which is like a duh, no-brainer. Unless you've been doing Christian tourism. And you would say, and this is the stuff we said people say, listen, I don't need to go to church to have a relationship with God. Yes, you do. What, what may have been said at one time, which is true, you don't need to get go to church to be saved. Well, yeah. You know, the thief on the cross, when he was saved, he didn't like head to, you know, let's go to Easter morning service. You know, like he was still on a cross dead, right? You don't need to go to church to be saved. But what you do need is have to be a part of a church to live. Does that make sense? You, what happens is we go, listen, I, I'll, man, I'll just watch you guys from out here because it just gets too personal. It gets way too personal. In fact, there's over 100 love one another commands. You guys know that? And you know what it basically says? You got to love one another, bear with one another, forgive one another. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you to one another. Take care of one another. It's hard to do that from afar. Okay, let me sort of explain what I mean by that. Um, So uh, let's see, it was Thursday. Thursday, I got a phone call from um, a guy named Keith. He works for Apartment Life. You guys ever heard of Apartment Life? All right, so, so if you if you haven't heard of it, Apartment Life is a ministry where you get redu- like super reduced rent. Instead of paying like fifteen hundred dollars a month for rent, you pay like three hundred. And you're like, what? Where can I sign up? But there's a catch. It's like having a part time job at the apartment complex. You're like the RA. You know, like remember college, the RA. Like you go around, you knock on doors, you're like, hey, is everything going okay? Is everything happening? You know, and, and so and then the goal is you talk to them, become their friend. And you go like, hey listen, I go to church right down the road. and There's this Easter thing coming on. You should come and check it out. And they're like, oh, really cool. I'll come to their dad. So churches are invested because 91% of apartment communities are unchurched and apartments like it because they have so much, what's it called, turnover. When they have so much turnover because everyone's like, I'll go for $30 lower rent like next door. And they're like, oh, I'll start all over again. Okay. So what happens is I get a call from them and say, hey, Melanie and Caleb McLemore, uh, we really wanted to get them into an apartment. They're gonna be missionaries. You know, It's right here at the Preserve of Wells Branch right down the street. And uh, they're like, hey, listen, um, can you help them out? Can you guys do something? I'm like, oh, gosh, all right. Here's another thing on my plate. I need to figure out how I'm going to get three months rent to them. I'm not really sure I'm going to do that. Where is that in the budget? Oh, man, frustration. Uh, I got a sermon to write. A lot of things, right? Uh, and so I get back to the office, and I see Melanie. I'm like, Melanie, I just got a call from uh, Apartment Life. And I'm like, you know, I'm stressed out for her. I'm like, oh, I don't know how we're going to do this. We've got to figure something out. And she's like, well, whoa, whoa, it's fine. Like, what do you mean it's fine? I just got, they talk to the guy, and he can't figure out what to, he just wanted me to somehow fix it. Like, you know, a lot of people that pass the, the preacher beeper, like, me, 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 you know, fix it. And uh, and she goes, no, no, I I actually had a prayer request last night at my community group, and uh, she's in the sharp community group. She goes, hey, um, hey, w- there's three months gap between you know what we're currently doing with our own apartment, and the, if you were to you know, extend the lease month-to-month month at an apartment complex, like $1,000 extra a month or something crazy. So would you guys help pray for us? Because we need to figure out what we're going to do. And in that meet, later that meeting, after the meeting, the Kelsos called. And like, hey, we can take July. We got July free. You just stay with us for July. Don't worry about it. And then other people started calling us. Like, hey, we'll figure it out. You're going to stay with us. Now, listen, when you make a commitment like that, do you know what it means to have somebody stay at your house? If you're married, oh, yeah. and you have another married couple living with you for like a month at a time, nothing spells disaster quite like that, right? Uh, look, okay, because remember, Caleb, you know, like, I'm sure he keeps, Caleb, I'm sure you're super clean. But at some point, your underwear is going to be left out somewhere, right? <laughs> and then Tara is going to come around and like, Craig, Craig, that's her husband, come here. Do you, can you believe Caleb? And they're going to have that moment, right? Like, the underwear is on the floor. She's feeling overwhelmed and stressed. Because if you can't clean up his underwear, what's, you know, there's going to be roaches here. Next thing, we're going to have an infestation. Does anybody have anyone married to somebody like that would do that? No, Nobody would do in Never mind. That's, keep going. So what happens is like, there's this, this stress that they're incurring because they're going to have somebody live with them. Who would do that? Who would invite that kind of stress? Because usually we live in a passive-aggressive world where we're like, we're not going to talk about it, Just don't talk about it. It's only a month. Just sort of suck it up. And, no, but... If you're in real community, you go like, hey, Caleb, pick up your underwear. That's weird. Amen. <laughs> Caleb's like, I don't do that. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> but that's community. Watch this, watch this. It's, and it's not just, you know, living with somebody for a month at a time is one thing. Living with a group of people for a lifetime is another. Because eventually, I'm going to say something, do something, forget something, and you're going to be offended. And you're going to have a choice to either love me and bear with me in love, or you're going to be like, that's it, I'm out. You crossed the line. Jesus might forgive you, but there's limits. And maybe that's why you're here at our church today, because that happened to the last church you were at. Awkward moment, everyone stares at their shoes. Right, because what do we do? We live in a passive-aggressive world that instead of going and talking to someone directly about how they hurt or offended us, we go, I'll just leave. Because perhaps maybe we didn't have dads who taught us how to confront and talk to people how we feel and say that's not right, that hurt. You know what's great about being in the army and being in war? We literally have guys have actual fist fights and then like 30 minutes later we have each other's back in combat. Now watch this. There's a spiritual battle outside these doors. And there's an enemy going like, I hope they just mess it up inside there so they can take care of them before they get out here. So there's no greater joy for the enemy than when we battle each other and then we're useless out there. So when we back by and we talk about each other and we gossip about one another, we don't love each other, forgive one another, forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven us, then we look like the rest of the world and our church becomes impotent. Because it's way easier to be way out here where we don't have to worry about any of that stuff happening to get too close to people who are bound to hurt us. Keep moving. All right. Too personal. All right. Here we go. Let's take a look at God's spirit. And they devoted themselves. You guys don't have this memorized, like scripture memory day right here. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayer. So what's going on here? Breaking of bread, this breaking of bread, I think refers to the Lord's Supper. All right. So this is like, this is what we do. There's a prayer sort sort of ritual ordinance kind of thing. The breaking of bread and praying for each other, asking God. There's a sort of communion with the Lord uh, symbolically, but then spiritually we're praying for one another powerfully. And then this, I love this phrase, and awe came upon every soul. Now, the reason why I I say that, have you ever experienced, and maybe you haven't, when I say these words, you're going to be like, what? Have you ever felt a group of Christians together and it felt heavy? Do you guys know what I'm talking about? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you may have never experienced awe coming upon you. So here it was at our, my community group just this last week. One of our guys confessed some deep, dark sin. And we were and as I asked my, Mike, who hates it when I, I called him out first, service, he was like, oh, don't do that. Uh, but I did it anyway. Uh, and he goes, I'm gonna, he started praying over, over our guy, and then he just started weeping. And Mike's, I mean, Mike's, you know, he's like not a crier. He's like the dry humor guy, and you know, that guy. And as he starts, he, can't, he just starts weeping uncontrollably. And the rest of us are just sitting there going, do we say anything? You know, but you don't want to say anything because you're feeling the weight of it. In fact, in Hebrew, do you guys know that the word is kavod, which means glory, which also means just weight. When God's glory comes down, you feel the weight of it. And so we were praying over this, this young man, and he's praying, and he's just in tears. And then he looks over at him, and he's like, is it just me? Is it heavy in here? Awe came upon. And I think for a lot of us, we have never experienced that because we're in a Bible church, and who does Holy Spirit things around here? No, this is all. It comes down when you're engaged. What's so wor- we get so worried. Listen, what happens? We get so worried. We get our, our little circle and we get our comfort. And it gets a little creepy to do anything like spiritual. And if we you know, confess our sin, then the people are going to judge us. So let's not do that. So let's just keep it, you know, shut up, show up, pay up. Let's not talk about anything real. Let's not engage the spirit. Let's not engage the weird people because, you know, they're, they're weird. And they look different. They vote different, all the things. And But what happens when awe comes upon differences just melt and all that you see, is the spirit of God coming down on people and there's this power. And this is why what happened here is that wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And God chose to make his love known through the apostles because they were ready for a power of God moment. Okay. And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And uh, what I loved about this, uh, we had something really cool. Um, it's been happening, and it's one of those things I've been, you know, you hear little tidbits of stories that are really cool, and uh, I just asked the Nathan Blick uh, and his community group, hey, tell me what, what's been going on with your community group. Well, he said during Christmas time, their community group was like, hey, we need to ask the Lord to kind of give us someone to serve for Christmas because wouldn't that be a, just kind of a cool experience? And so, um. In their case, Joel Jessica had a sister, Rachel, that worked for Austin Angels. You guys ever heard of Austin Angels? Let me give you this is like my—I'm propping up all the other uh, cool parachurch ministries. So what they do is they come alongside foster families. And so if if you're a foster family, what's hard about being a foster family is you're not allowed to, like, just, hey, babysitter, come on over. I need a—I am dying over here. I need just a break. And if if you're a parent and you've needed a break, you know what that means when a babysitter comes, you're like, I don't even care. Just make sure they're alive when I get back, right? You've you've, you've been there. (laughs) And so you can't do that. That's illegal as a foster family. And so there is this, um, they they heard about this one lady, we'll call her T because you're not supposed to share their name. So T, uh, one day she was she, a friend of hers is like, hey, would you come to be my moral support at court? Like CPS is doing a thing. And so T goes with her friend. And they're like, hey, we're going to have to take your kids from you. I'm sorry we have to do that. And the lady's like, oh, my gosh, where are you going to take my kids? T, will you take my kids? And there's T. She's like, I just, you know, I just was coming to be moral support. But then she ends up taking the children home and fostering them. And then when CPS knows that they got somebody who's reliable and functional and healthy, they start pouring it on. So she got more. So it came to a point where she had seven children at the house. She's working 15-hour days. And then, like, you know, there's only specific people that are allowed to watch your kids. And, you know, there has to be, like, a lot of protocol involved with that. And so when um, the Blit community group heard about that, uh, they, got, they were like, let's not just do something for Christmas. Let's kind of do year-round, like, love. And so they organized playdates to get all their, the kids and then they became the fill-in gap where the government stopped. And this is the part where it used to be the church was the fill-in. And then all of a sudden, the government came in and employed and made things happen so that, no, there's a limit. And where that limit came, that group came in and loved. And so play dates. And then three of the ladies of that group went through classes, watched this, classes, not to watch their own kids, but to watch somebody else's kids when they already have a gazillion of their own. And so you get certified to be a babysitter to go watch foster kids so that you can give a woman a break. And if you're a mom, you know how valuable that break is when you're about to lose your mind. So seven kids all alone, I need a break. And then this community group comes in. We're going to stand in the gap for you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to love you in spite of you. No, no, that's, that's, that's risk, because you know what can happen? Needy people are everywhere, and they're going to take advantage. Do you know, li- listen, if you start doing that for that one person, it's just never going to end. And You've said that, you've thought that, you've made me like, ah, we can't help, we can't do, we can't, we can't, because what if? Well, crud, I guess the Holy Spirit just needs to go on vacation or something, because he's not needed around here anymore because we've got it all taken care of, because we're not going to risk diddly squat. But what happens when you start doing crazy stuff, and the Holy Spirit comes in and moves on the church, and I think what's happened for us, we've gotten really smart and really wise in our own eyes, and we're not going to commit beyond what we know we can do, because the Lord would never call us to that, unless he does. They were eating together, breaking bread in their homes. They received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And I don't know if T is gonna come to our church one day. I don't know if that matters. But what I do know is that we're gonna love her. And i to say we, like as if I'm there. But yeah, we're one, right? And they're gonna love them, love her and that family. And my hope and my heart is that maybe one day we'll see him or maybe we won't. But, but that group is growing closer as they serve together. And I think what happens is when we don't have a mission, everything comes about me. But when you get to experience the love of God, and you go just one step further, you get to see God do a work. God's spirit is vital for restored community. So my heart for us, listen, God's word, God's people, God's spirit, if you're not engaged, and if there's one that's left out and you sort of feel like you're either the tourist or the clique uh, or you're just cheer squad, my heart for you is like, get beyond you. And so the question I have is, are, are God's word, spirit, and people a part of your life? Um, and one of the things that we do around here is just because, um, because of what we do as Christians, we do communion, And one of these, communion is about remembering what Jesus did. And it's the one of the unique things that God told us to do. Jesus told us to do this. He said, he got his disciples together the night before he was betrayed. And he's like, hey guys, check it out. He took bread. He gave it to the disciples saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, your soul feeds on Jesus. Like your body feeds on bread. And I think we need to remember that. And if you're not a Christian, well, then you don't do this. This isn't for you. But if you are a Christian, this is what Christians do. See, um, that same night, he took the cup, wood for wine, glass for grape juice, said, This is my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. So if you're not a Christian, just sit there in your seat and don't come up here. This is what Christians do. And we have an open communion, so we're not going to like do like a salvation check before you come up here. And if you're not a Christian, maybe before you come up here, you go, no, no, that was for me. Jesus came, and he died on the cross for my sin, and he rose from the dead. And you take communion with us do you remember what it was like not to have Jesus? Do you remember what it was like just to be lost? No, think back, think back. There you were and you were looking for maybe a relationship or maybe it was just financial security or maybe it was just something, it was circumstantial always. And you're just like, no, no, you don't understand. If I just, and all of a sudden you met Jesus. And life went from desperation to hope life went from black and white to color life went from purposeless to purpose something happened and this is for the people who've experienced something happened as you remember his blood shed for you so uh, my hope is if you're here and you're not a Christian this would be the day that you came to faith in Jesus and you come and you take communion with us. And if you've been a Christian for a while and it's gotten hard and you've fallen to tourism or you've fallen to the clique or you've fallen to a cheer squad, repent. Simply just say, Jesus, I'm sorry. <laughs> might be. You died on the cross so that I wouldn't have to live like that. You rose to the dead to empower me to live for you simply that's your prayer but before you come up here do business with God confession to God is forgiveness and then you know what we're going to do we're going to have a prayer team up here and if there's something you're struggling with if there's like a thing where you're doubting or not trusting God or you need God to do something in your life you come up in the back or up front we're going to be having people pray over you the power of the gospel and I think so many of us miss out on that because it's so weird to be oh they're going to think I'm some crazy dark hearted person you are a crazy dark hearted person that's why we have this So let's just like get that out. Yes, you are. So it's okay. We all are. All right. Let's pray. Father, thank you. You continue to do a great work in every single one of us. And God, as we come before you to do communion, as we do the Lord's Supper and experience the goodness um, of you, God, in the land of the living, Lord, would you remind us that you have made a way that our sin was great but your grace was greater and jesus uh i know that there's somebody here who does not know you and they've been thinking did he read the mail did he know my email does he know my story what how did did someone say something and god would they just hear this and understand that you jesus are doing a work holy spirit you're drawing them and everything in them is making them feel like wiggly maybe their heart's pounding and so, God, I pray that you'd open up their heart to say, like, Jesus, save me. I'm a sinner, and I don't care who knows. And they come and take communion with all of us, and there's just be this freedom and feeling the whole world just sort of expand to what the fullness they're in. God, I'm praying that there are those here that have known you and they've gotten lost and broken. It's, and it, Maybe it's a small thing, but they're feeling the conviction of you, God. Would you bring them forward after they confess that sin to you and say, God, I need your forgiveness. Would you forgive me? And they come and take communion. Enjoy the goodness of you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Do a work this morning as we come before you through the Lord's Supper, through prayer. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everybody said Imagine just for a second what would happen if you took everything we've been talking about to heart if you devoted yourselves to the apostles teaching and that became a priority in your life if you surrounded with yourself with people who made that a priority of their life. Imagine what would happen if, in that sort of understanding of God's Word and His power, we didn't like turn our backs to the world. We trusted the Holy Spirit to go before us in power. Imagine how that would transform us and imagine the way we could love one another if we weren't afraid of being real, not just passive aggressive. It would change you. It would change your family. It would change this church, and it will change that city. Will you receive the benediction? Go. Go and be a people moved by the power of God's word. Go and be a people just loved by God's people. And go and be a people empowered God's spirit to push back the darkness, have an awesome week of worship. You are sent.